You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. I want you guys to know that you guys are really funny on the on the best of episode. However. Oh, okay. No, right. no. However, that sounded like giving you a It's not. Right. No, it's not going to be. We give you a See, here's, here's the thing, y'all. You you say that, Tony, but it always comes with something else. Jason literally said, "Russ is is doing a good thing. He's giving yeah. out turkeys in yeah. the hood, right? Yeah, which was yep. true. But I didn't then call he was like, no, I, that was me. That was me paraphrasing. Right. Well, uh, you said you were out <laughs> slinging yeah. that turkey meat. Yep. See, but you can't you just leave it. Just leave it. Russ oh. is giving out turkeys for yeah. the community. Just leave it there. Y'all don't have to make the joke after. You just be like, Russ is doing a good thing. What part of that was not factual? <laughs> but no, because he, he he started by saying Russ is out there giving away meat. You were. Le- leave space semantics. for laughter. Leave just space semantics. for laughter. And then he goes, turkey meat. Which also very funny, but come on, dude, don't get, don't leave the space for the laughter. Just say Russ is giving out turkeys in the community, doing a good thing. Move on. That's just my cadence, Russ. I just kind of every now and then uh, get a pause for a second and then go back and clarify <laughs> turkey meat. How was slinging meat, Russ? <laughs> the turkey meat, See? he means. See, it's just, it's just stuff like this, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm just trying to help my community out. I hear y'all talking about Russ's slinging meat to the community, space <laughs> to the <laughs> whole community. Tony, for the streets. I'm helping out my community. Well, we wanted everyone to know that. I just wish y'all did it in a better way. Sometimes. I think uh, I think maybe you could print up a T-shirt that says that. I feel like this is not the first time you've expressed that that thought. Just in general, I, just, I, just I like what you guys it. are doing. Just please do it better, differently, <laughs> without eating ice cream during it. To one but, of us, the fact remains it was very funny, and I appreciate you guys holding down the fort while I was uh, doing slinging turkeys and in New York. <laughs> <I> appreciate it. <laughs> you were slinging turkeys in New York. I was slinging turkeys, which is why I couldn't be with you guys. And then I was right. in New York yeah. on TV. So no, no meat slinging in New York. Co- co- correct, Tony. All right. 
Just want, just want to be clear. Just want. You know, y'all, you put this narrative out there of me, bro. <laughs> like you've created a, a narrative of me. You help. I don't. I live. I do help the community. That's no. who I help. And then here comes Tony. To Ross, you're all every <laughs> I, week. I, I, I did thing. not say that. E- same I thing. Nev- every I week. have never said that. I have yes, never you have said every that week since time. we started this podcast. <laughs> well, I have not said those words. Tony, those words did that, not come out of my mouth. All right, semantics, man. Yes, you have in 18, <laughs> 19 different ways since we started the pod. That's what you said. And then, like, love you, Russ. Like, it somehow takes away. He usually says it, but he says it in the way that it would be said in the New King James Version. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. just like, fam, that's not. However, <laughs> however it would have been said 4,000 years ago is how he says it. I'm very busy, Tony. Like my my 24 hours. Oh, we know. Are you? We know. Oh my god! <laughs> I have a real job. I actually have a lot of different jobs, and y'all Ooh. acting like I'm just Whoa. out here being a streetwalker. <laughs> you know. This is Bigelow, Rush Bigelow. All right, all right. Start the show. <laughs> Start the show. I had a friend. Uh, I had a friend in uh, in high school who uh, we were in a, a history class, and the history class did not like him. <laughs> The history teacher did not like my friend. This is one of my lifelong friends, but uh, the teacher used to, when he'd get mad at him, would call him Deuce Bigelow because he kind of looks like the actor. <laughs> so he'd be like, the teacher would be like, uh, and he's like classic kind of, you know, Chicago accent guy. And he'd be like, uh, so who built the pyramids? And my friend would answer wrong. And he'd be like, nice try, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm Jason Leisure, Russ Dorsey. My co-host is with me. Good to be back with you, man. Uh, the best of episode was fun and fun to listen to. Very funny. I I was I was surprised how much I laughed because I was there for all of that. And I kind of in general think of like our early shows as not as good as what we're doing now, but correct. It was really it was really really funny. And uh, thank you, thank you to Tony Gill our producer for being here as well. And for helping us put that together. Sports adjacent is brought to you by bet us. You can go right now to betus.com.pa and use promo code sports adjacent, all one word to get a 125% sign up bonus. It means you put in a hundred dollars, start your account. They'll kick you an extra 25 before you get uh, get started uh, betting on, you know, pro football, college football, NBA, NHL. You can bet on the uh, world series futures. Although, I mean, they're going to play a World Series eventually, right, Russ? Yes, eventually they something. will. Eventually, will we just don't know when that will all start. Yeah. If you're listening to this, baseball is in a lockout now. Mm-hmm. So if you've been waiting for free agency news, I hope you got it early this week and late last week because uh, we're going to be chilling for a while. Russ is going to have a lot of free time on his hands, it sounds like. He's going to be very available and uh, – no, you know he was he was kind of pushing back no. on on Tony's house, on Tony's thoughts about his social life, saying, "Oh, I'm too busy. I have a job." And now suddenly you don't. <laughs> a lot more free time on your hands there, pal. Well, first of all, I'm I'm gonna be. It's it's cold, man. Like I I can't be out in the streets like that, man. I'm in a house chilling with my my the the furry shoes on. You know the house shoes that don't go nowhere. Got those. The joggers, I'm chilling, bro. I, you know, you brought up something 
I cannot remember where it was. I can't remember if it was Twitter or a conversation. It all blends together now. And this is one of the things that I have not enjoyed about doing a show with you is that we do a show once a week. Like you and I have been friends for a while before we did Mm -hmm. the show. And I feel like we talk less now because we do the show once a week. It's not every day. If it was every day, it'd be different. But we do the show once a week and it's like things come up in my mind, something you'll tweet or text me or say or uh, Tony will say about you. That happens sometimes. You wouldn't believe. I bet. Uh, bet And 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 I'm like, I immediately go to text you or call you. And then I'm like, no, no, no. Save it for save it for the show. So like we end up like I end up I don't know if you end up doing this to me, but I end up like not talking to you about like general things that were going that are going on in case we might talk about it on the show because nothing is worse than like trying to rehash a conversation you've already had on the show. I've had like a few times with the podcast we do at work with the house intrigue podcast that I do with Patrick Finley and Mark Potash. We'll do it. And then the recording craps out and it's like, well, we don't have the podcast and the paper needs them on certain days to send out in like a newsletter or whatever. It's like, we have to turn in a podcast. It's not anybody's fault that there was a technical glitch or whatever, but like now we have to try to redo the podcast that we just did. And it's never going to be good ever when you're trying to do that. Cause you're trying to remember like, what did I say? Or trying to make the same points. So anyway, uh, long story short, that happens. I feel like in my friendship with you now where stuff, there's something I want to comment on or engage you on. And then I'm like, no, 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 I, I need to wait. Um, what, however many weeks ago it was and on whatever medium it was, you, you, what last month we're talking about that I have so many unread text notifications and that makes me a serial killer. You Correct. saying that you saying that you enjoy and are happy that it gets dark at four o'clock. That's the most serial killer thing I've ever heard in my life. You s- that that is I'm so dark wanna, and depressing. A couple, a couple and it sounds like something a serial killer would say for practical reasons, because once it's dark, they can do more serial killing. A couple things here. One, you're living by the Tony Gill creed of everything is content, including our friendship. And so I don't know if yes. that's necessarily healthy. You should just have this conversation. It's probably not. Text, no, right? you're right. But that's where I'm at now. And and, <laughs> and yeah, I, I told you I'm kind of I'm kind of unhappy about it. Second of all, we've been in daylight saving time for uh almost a month exactly now. And yeah, that's right. This is not timely. You're correct. This is not evergreen content, right? Nope. Third. Cliff Notes version of the argument I was trying to make. We have daylight savings time literally every year. And I'm just kind of tired of people complaining about it every year. Like it's brand new. Like, bro, we've been doing this our entire lives. Let's just continue. Why do we still even do this anymore? Like it was for a specific group of people and farmers, right? Yeah. We don't really care about those people anymore. So why do we continue to do this? <laughs> I think we do. I don't know that I'd go so far as to say we don't care about farmers. What name, name, name a farmer that, you know, <laughs> I don't know any farmers. But <laughs> I know that I eat old food McDonald's. all the time. Somebody, somebody's growing that food that I eat tone. What'd you just say? I said, old McDonald is the only farmer we all know. Okay. All right. All right. Can, let's continue. Um, no. Well, do you have more, Tony? Did you write a good five minutes on this? Is this like part of your act? Don't don't no, get no, Look, daylight savings is stupid. Like we're, we're we're we've gotten smarter. We can handle a consistent time now. We don't need to go backwards or forwards. Like it's it's useless. That's it. Are you proud of yourself, Jason? 
Well, we got to hear him out. <laughs> the other day, man, it was like I felt like it was five o'clock and I could have gone to sleep, taken a nap. And I look at my watch and it's like one fifteen. And I feel like that's what this time of year does to you, where even during the supposed daylight hours, it's kind of gray. And then it gets, you know, it's going to be dark, like before dinner time. That's, that's hard, man. I, I, I don't, I can't imagine what part of that you like. It happens every year. I, you, you get over it and move on. Like, I don't have to so does, tell so everybody. Sad, but I don't think anybody's going to like that. Oh gosh. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Jason for taking it somewhere it didn't need to go so the last time i saw you guys was before thanksgiving and so since we've all i imagine seen our families ate good uh so tony i'm gonna start with you how was your a thanksgiving why with the fam why are we <laughs> why, why, why are we starting with tony <laughs> whose name is on the up. show what are we doing Change it up. You you like to give Tony all the time in the world, and then when, once I do, it's like, why are we giving Tony time? Remember this day. Uh, my Thanksgiving was great. Um, I had essentially two Thanksgivings. Ah, uh, the first time with uh, two. Uh, one at my house, and then one uh, with my girlfriend's family. I knew he was going to do this. Just this is everything. Uh, Just back to the girlfriend, back to the girl. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, man. No, you know congrats. Things things change. Um, but yeah, it was great. Had a bunch of was it weird for you, by the way, to go by Tony at one Thanksgiving and then Anthony at the other Thanksgiving? Is it hard for you uh, to remember what name to answer to? They don't uh, call him Tony at his house, yeah. They, they, call, him, they call him, <laughs> we're bleep it out. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> go ahead, Tony. Go ahead, Tony. Tell us about your double Thanksgiving. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, I mean, tried a bunch of different foods. Um, Really expanding, right? Expanding love, right? It's first it was I had my family, and now you expand to this other family that you're just spreading the love with and joining them in your family. It was a really great time, guys. Um, a lot of laughs, <laughs> you know, a lot of memories created. You know, it was the first of many. You know, the first of many, and I okay. and I and I appreciate you guys. Uh, what are you What are you doing, Rascal? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing what you should do to me. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great. Um, and uh, can looking forward to next year. Tony, right. uh, Tony's whole like everything goes back to him being in love doesn't resonate with either of us, I think, because Russ looks at that and is like, I want no part of that. No way. Mm. See, don't do that. Don't and, do that. And I look at that and I'm like, that, yeah, that's that was, not how I look at was, it, folks. That was 20 years ago. Come on. Like, that's what I did when I was a kid. <laughs> Move, let's go. First of all, Jason, you should be the main one. Like, oh, my God. Yes. Love <laughs> after mm. being married. But you're like, no, stop talking about all this love stuff. Yeah. I, on the other hand, I'm, Contrary to what you believe, I am very happy that our guy is in a loving space in his life. Like, I make yeah. fun of him, but yeah. he, that man is thrilled with life right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Like, he got a picture of his mother-in-law on the gram. His girl get all the, all the, I don't even know Tony's a person no more. Like, I, <laughs> I think it's a, his girl's IG page. <laughs> she on there so much. But, like, yeah. I'm happy for him. Right, but Jason. you want nothing to do with it. What are you talking about? You, I you love love. 
You I don't love love. What are you talking about? I didn't hear what you said. It, it something cut I out love, maybe on my end. I said he, I love, he love loving. He loves Man, loving. I'm sorry. Yes. All right. I stand corrected, Russ. Go ahead. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> an asshole. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna fight Tony. No, um, my Thanksgiving was cool. Drove up to Michigan on Wednesday. Yeah, uh, I think this is where I'm gonna start getting upset. But go ahead. Well, so so what I was gonna say was I was in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, family's in Detroit. We have our our Thanksgivings up there. Obviously, you yeah. are in Detroit. We're at obviously. our we're uh, at obviously. our Thanksgiving. obviously is a key word in this story. I think I, so. Yeah, I I've been kind of waiting. You were for in this. Detroit covering the Bears. Mm-hmm. We're at our uh, at my aunt's house for Thanksgiving, and yeah. as I'm at the house, my mom comes over. and was like, "Yo, did Jason go home today?" And I said, "Yeah, I think he did. I think he left after the game." Mm-hmm. She was like, "We should have had him come over." And I said, "Mom, you're absolutely correct." Right. I was thinking about some other things. Slipped my mind. So I want to apologize to you, sir. You should have came over and got a plate. That's my. You're thing. about yeah. You're about to feel a lot worse when I tell you how my Thanksgiving went. Yikes! <laughs> First off, okay. Uh, uh, I, I just one follow up question to this okay. story you've told about um, not inviting me to Thanksgiving. Your mom said, "Hey, did Jason go home or is he still in Detroit?" And mm-hmm. you said, "Oh, he went home," which makes sense to me because you'd have no way to find out what my plans were. I don't know how right. you could have gone about <laughs> finding that information. You just jumped to no, he's now nah, he's gone. Now nah, he's definitely gone. Well, you have a family, and so I figured you wanted to be with your family as fast as possible. So I that was an assumption on my part that you left and went home. Do you have any idea how difficult it is to find food? Oh my god! <laughs> In suburban Detroit on the night of Thanksgiving, I'm talking about just food. I'm not talking about human connection or the holiday feelings or you know all this stuff Tony described. Tony, just so you know, you had two more Thanksgivings than I had, um, and it's Yikes. part of the job. It's part of the job. Like I've had to cover basketball games on Christmas and football games on Thanksgiving. It's part of the job. Like mm-hmm. it, it happened. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get upset about that. Uh, I really don't. But to find out that I had a an alternative to my <laughs> Thanksgiving alone, um, bro, that's you something. Should have called. Well, I, one, I, didn't I know. I, one, I, I know that I knew mind. that you had family in Detroit. Is it your right. mom or your dad? I, is it your mom or your dad? My dad's sister. Okay. Actually, both. So, but, have, I, but I did not have, ever know. Yeah. I didn't know that you were going to Detroit. Right. I, I didn't know that was a Dorsey family tradition or that it was happening this year uh, or whatever. Um, you would know where I was because you can just Google it. But anyway, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. It kind of it slipped my mind. And then when my you, mom was just like, yo, did Jason leave? I just assume you left. Had I known. That's the worst. You know part. I'm sitting in the t- no, this is the worst part, because I'm sitting there thinking like, well, Russ just never put it together. Russ. It, OK, it's fine. It's you know, the, mind, dude. I'm not the Bears are it. hard to watch. People don't like thinking about the Bears. Russ just never put it together that I was right down the street going hungry. Uh, <laughs> then I find out literally Mrs. Dorsey asked about me. She definitely did. And you were just like, nah, he's fine. My bad, dude. Nah, he'll figure, not, something, that's, that's he'll something. figure something out. Where so, were you uh, staying? Were you, were you in Farmington Hills? No, but I know where that is and could have gotten there. I had a rental car. 
But you didn't ask about that either. Uh, yeah, Russ, he's taking so, all the L's on the story, bro. So after I mean, you had through, two Thanksgivings, you could have invited him to. Hey, he was back Chicago. in Chicago. It was five hours away. I flew to Detroit. I hate driving. All these guys drive uh, to when the Bears play at Detroit. Almost everyone on the beat seems like they drive. Uh, it's five hours. I'm not driving that. It's a thirty. No, it is not flight. five hours. It's, it's something three and a like half. That. It's it's a thirty five minute flight up and down. I'm all about that. Um, okay. So I was flying back first thing Friday morning uh, after sitting through the thriller that was Bears 16, Lions 14, which I hope you guys feel better about everything now. Everything, everything it's OK now. Everything's OK. They beat the Lions. It's the best medicine for you. Um, if you have a cold, take a Detroit Lions. It'll help. <laughs> uh, after sitting through that. Then comes the adventure of trying to find food. And I don't know how many football games you've covered, but it, the game starts at 1230, but you're not out of there till like seven. It's, it's a long, there's a lot of post game, maybe not seven, but six. You're there a long time. It's a long day. Uh, and then I think what I've heard from the other guys is the move generally, if you're still in Detroit and thanks on Thanksgiving night, instead of driving home, the move is that you go to the MGM Grand Casino downtown and you can it's always open. You can get food there. But I was looking for something a little faster. I didn't want to bother with all that. Um, and so I looked and I found on the Chipotle app, there was one Chipotle list that is open. And I'm like, this is great. So it's out of my way by about 20 minutes. But it's like I can just get it, head back to the hotel, eat that. No problem. So I place an order at Chipotle, which I like anyway. That's a, that's a that's a positive for me. And I get there and it's dead. There's no cars there. There's no people inside. The lights are on in the building. And uh, the only thing I can see inside this Chipotle, Russ, is the little machine that prints out the mobile order tickets. And there's a string of these mobile order tickets that goes all the way to the floor. (laughs) So uh, they're not open. So I've wasted 20 minutes already. And then I drive back down to Romulus, Michigan, which is where the airport is. When I go to Detroit, I usually stay near the airport. And uh, driving around Romulus for about 20 minutes looking for food is just what it sounds like. Like not even McDonald's was open. And again, you know, this is the life we've chosen. It's a fi- it's fine. But uh, I ended up getting dinner that night at a gas station, which hmm. is e- exactly as delightful as it sounds. Uh, I didn't really get dinner at a gas station. I had some leftover. I, I went to a gas station and got like a thing of ice cream or something to, to eat in, uh, in depression in my room. Um, what I really ate that night was just some left, like every time when I get into a city, usually the day before the game, I go to the grocery store and get like some healthy food or something. So I had, uh, I had some of that leftover. And, uh, so my Thanksgiving dinner was a protein bar and an apple. Mm, And then, mm. and then, and then the next day I text Russ to try to find out, uh, when we're going to tape our show because somebody has to think of that. And uh, the text I get back from Russ is, can't talk driving back from Detroit. And I was like, what the? (laughs) (laughs) Ah. And now I'm like putting it all together. I'm like, he's got family in Detroit. He was in Detroit for Thanksgiving. That's why he's in Detroit. That makes sense. And if it was like a huge family gathering, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm driving around like wondering maybe there's something left in the Taco Bell dumpster. Meanwhile, Russ is having like the Thanksgiving dinner to end all Thanksgiving wow. dinners. There's probably 20 people there. There's probably multiple turkeys. They're probably throwing out better food than what I'm going to get at this gas station. Mm. That was a dagger. 
And now this makes it worse. This makes it worse. Your mom literally asked, hey, should we invite your lonely, starving friend? And you're like, <laughs> what's your bum ass like, friend doing on Thanksgiving? You're like, nah, he's already, he's already in Kalamazoo by now. Yeah. Oh, my bad, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's... yeah. You don't say. Well, all right. Relax. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> no, apologize more. <laughs> no, I, I feel bad if that makes you feel better. Um, yeah, dude. That's uh, <laughs> chalk that one up as an L on him. How is there nothing <laughs> open Thanksgiving night? How is there nothing open to eat anywhere? Is that how it is here, too? No, White Castle's always open. I know that's always the. I didn't see one. I didn't see one. I would have gone for anything at this at this point. We're driving around. I'm like calling. You know, it's bad if you're like looking up a McDonald's on the map and then calling it to see if they're. (laughs) Yo, calling in a McDonald's. I don't even know if McDonald's has a phone. Like, is there a phone in there to answer, or does this go straight to headquarters? Are we still? I I I don't know. I don't have kids. Uh, I'm not around kids that are elf school elementary school mm-hmm. age are they mm-hmm. still perpetuating that lie about thanksgiving i don't Which lie think about the pilgrims and the natives i i don't know my kids aren't in public school so i don't know oh okay yeah, i don't yeah, have a good yeah, answer yeah. for you that okay and i'm not friends with a bunch of like school age kids okay <laughs> yeah I, I feel like they maybe feel all my friends are, all my friends are my age I don't think I don't, I don't think that's Tony. To be honest with you, I don't think that's being. Uh, I think that they phased that out. Because I remember specifically it being in a social studies book that all oh, they taught the pilgrims how did then they had a giant that was in a social a legit hardcover history book mm-hmm. that we had for the year. Yo, if, like, if, if why would they lie about that, bro? This is flat out lie to America's youth. History books, history books are man are wild. Like if it was if you just t- got taught from history books, the only thing the civil rights movement was was Rosa Parks and Martin, and Martin Luther King. Luther King yep. That's, yep. that's it. Yeah. Um, and everything and everything went pretty well overall. <laughs> to, to answer your question, Jason, though, like how Thanksgiving was like, it's cool. And it was the first time back doing Thanksgiving as a family, like the big family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the big ish family, because we didn't have everybody over there since 2019. And it's yeah. always fun. Uh, you telling stories, talking about stuff, laughing. But here's the thing that I've I've realized as an adult: mm-hmm. like parents lie. Well, yeah. <laughs> and I just I think we should point it out oh, more con- often. Confirmed. Confirmed. <laughs> what, what source confirmed? What's, what specific oh, and, and, lie? And, and, like what? What are you? What are you upset about here? By the way, your Thanksgiving lie. sounds wonderful and warm. Yes, Jason. Thank you. Um, I was about to start driving through neighborhoods and like looking in through the windows to see if there's any scraps left. Like Tiny Tim, like, hello, Governor, you got an extra roll or some turkey meat? Russ, is that you in there? Yeah. <laughs> what? Right, what roll, are you, roll up on different houses in Detroit unannounced and see what happens. <laughs> just peeking <laughs> through the window. Uh, so, so is this a case of you finding out things your parents lied to you about as a kid, or are these no? Lies li- they're telling now about what what happened before. So or this what is kind of lies it, it's less it's less catch the, your parents. It's, it's less they lie I, intentionally and more mm-hmm. they leave out details, right? So like okay. you're telling all these stories and like I have a really good memory, always have, and me and my brother okay. are telling these stories 
And my mom's like, that didn't happen. And I'm like, no, it 100% happened. And she's like, sorry, you look like the bad guy in this story, mom, but this happened. Or like, she'll tell a story and leave out all the gory details that she did in there to make me okay. and my brother look bad. And it's like, hold up. Let's tell the full unadulterated truth. So these stories get retold in a very flattering light. Correct. For her. Yes. For parent, and I think for parents in general. And like the older I got, I'm like, all right, we got to start pointing some of this stuff out. So I'll tell my mom during the story, I'm like, yo, that did not happen. Why are you doing this? And it's a good time and everybody has fun. But like, we just need to point out as I've gotten older, I'm just like, all right, this wasn't true. And that one true. And then I think there's some things you learn to expand this conversation. There's some things you learn as you get older. We're just like, yeah, yes. they were, they were, <laughs> this was BS. That wasn't true. They just didn't want to go to McDonald's. Like there was a whole bunch of right. stuff you learned. Yes, yes. As, as an adult. Um, yeah. About your turns out McDonald's wasn't actually closed. Um, and you did actually have McDonald's money. That wasn't, that wasn't right. true. Yes. You had McDonald's money. Yes. I always think about that as like, our parents starting their relationships with their young children with lies and how does that affect the long-term health of the relationship right like starting um, with, with santa claus and the tooth fairy and you're establishing that lies are okay in your relationship i think that's a that's an interesting way to put it tony because here's the thing i think there are some where it's like you don't want to hurt the kids hurt them. right See, yes, I know. That's that spoken way. by a guy with no kids. It's way, it's way more com- shockingly, Tony. It's way more complicated than you think. <laughs> Go ahead, Russ. But no, yes, you're you're absolutely right, Jason. Um, but I, I, I get what you're saying is like, don't lie to kids. Be straight up with kids. But I think that I think as kids get older and you realize where they are, they're like, all right, I can be I can be honest about this. I can be honest about this. Like my parents were more honest with Joe and I earlier about like, yo, we can't go here because of X or, you know, different things like that. But I can understand why parents are like, all right, they're not ready for that conversation yet because kids aren't always going to understand what you're trying to convey with adult brain. Yeah. You know, to a six, seven year old. I, I don't think that that means go automatically go to a falsehood. I think at that point you say because I said so, and we'll discuss it later. At a How later, is that better? At a later How is date. that better? How is Unle- that better? Because you don't possibly tell a, kid a, a better way to treat a child. Because I said so. Because sometimes because I said so. This is yo. This so. is good because I don't. Oh my god! I'm gonna preface. Tony and I don't. Neither of us have children. Mm-hmm. But I, as growing up, it's like the. The because I said so, it's like, all right, fam, like, is that really the best way to to get you know, me to do something? It's like if you'd say, hey, you, we need you need to do this because X, Y, and Z, right? Mm-hmm. I I think I want us to believe that kids will be like, all right, bro, like, because more more times than not, it's just like you're not giving kids a reason, so they're like, that's why they give you something back. But, like, but, if you but, say. But, I was gonna say we can say if you say because I said so and then leave it there is like I, what why should I do what you say right now? Well, I, I, I'm I'm proponent of being honest and being able to explain things to children, but if the if the situation is 
either I got to lie to this kid or I because I said so. You should probably lean just because I said so because I'm the adult here and I'll explain later if I can't explain at that current moment or it just becomes too difficult or too complicated. Um, because you know what that signaled to me as a child? Okay, I better leave this alone before it goes in a direction where I don't want it to go as yeah. a child in this situation. So just fear. Okay. Yes. Great. <laughs> fear should be the uh, guiding principle in raising children, Russ. He's correct. A little you, bit. A little bit. A little. You bit. don't want to lie to your kids. You don't ever want to lie to your kids. I don't want to lie to anybody, honestly. Like, I really, anytime anybody says honestly, it means they're not being honest, I guess. But <laughs> it's avoidable at all. Like, if there's any way to avoid it ever in any situation, I want to. And so that even goes with my kids. But like, how much truth are you supposed to? Like, how much? Uh, what kind of weighty adult problems are you want to wanting to saddle a, a nine year old with? Like, no, we can't eat at McDonald's because you know we got the cell phone bill and we got this and we got that and mm-hmm. you know Dad took a pay cut at work and whatever. Like, how many of those adult problems does a nine year old need to carry around? But I also don't think mm-hmm. like. Uh, you know, we can't eat at McDonald's because I said so with the implication of if you ask it about it again, you're you're not going to, you know, you're not, not going to like, the, you're not, you're not going to like my mood or something like, I mean, that happens. You, you want to try to, you want, you want to try to, you want to try to be as, as honest as you possibly can mm-hmm. with your kids. I mean, and if you, and the older your kids mm-hmm. get and the more like every kid is at different levels, like not every seven year old is the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, my seven year old seems to understand things that like, pretty close to an adult level. Mm-hmm. And so I better be really careful about what kind of adult problems I let her in on. I mean, or like the, in the McDonald's example, because it's not healthy and we only eat it in case of emergencies. I would have been cool with that. Uh, to be to be 100%. <laughs> like, I'd be like, oh, okay. Like the we have food at the house that don't get me because it's just like all right I don't want the food at the house so now what are we gonna do uh, that's a whole different conversation you don't want the food yeah that's a different conversation it's a different (laughs) argument now it's like unless you're bringing food into this house then you get into the whole that whole thing and then you don't have a response and now you have to eat food that you didn't want but neither here nor there love you mom and dad just throwing that out there Uh, (laughs) but no I think my with my parents Joe and I like we're always I guess early on we might have felt we were older than we were but like we had a a good grasp of things at a younger age so oh I completely picture you as a, a seven-year-old who kind of could function in the adult spaces and the yeah. adult conversations absolutely they, they got more honest with us uh as the years went by but it was just kind of like nine ten range. And then you look back and it's like, all right, bro, you could have said this to me at seven. Like, I would have gotten it. There's more things to me where it's like it wasn't outright lies, but it was like we always had to get the generic cereal, for example. And then come to find out, like, we didn't really have to get the generic cereal. You know, <laughs> we would we could have gotten the name brand cereal and been just fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm getting at? Oh, that kind of stuff. I, I mean that's that's I, I mean stuff like that you you can you can just flex on your parents on some stuff like that. Right? It's like, hey, you check out that cabinet right there? 
I want to go look, go check that out. That month. <laughs> oh, the first she was up there. I, mm-hmm. Name I brand realized, Apple Jacks. <laughs> I realized when I moved into my apartment and uh, my mom was here <laughs> and she was like looking around and she'd be like, huh, what is that? Uh, what does that run you? And then and I just look at her and like smile and chuckle. And my brother would be in the corner laughing because it's like, no, no. I pay the bills in here, ma'am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, did you have some? Did you have something else happen at Thanksgiving? Did you say you um, had another thing that you needed to bring up? That uh, oh, uh, my family listens to our podcast. More from this Thanksgiving that I didn't attend, so they are all familiar with me. Is what you said. Yes, and might have been you know very happy to have me there and almost treated me like a celebrity had I had I come. All right, relax. You're not Kim K. <laughs> What are your thoughts but on no, the pod? People, people enjoy our podcast. Um, people in your family. And my family, I love them. They support me in, in my endeavors, and they listen, and they enjoy it, and they, like, for, you know, I, I, they, I think they, it's not just, oh, you're doing this. I enjoy it. Like, they actually, like, listen. So I think that's cool. Yeah. I got a lot of that when I went to it. We had a big family wedding uh, last month, and. There was a lot of that, and uh, there's a lot of people in my family have found you very interesting, Russ. Um, <laughs> I've I've gotten very little feedback on Tony, which might speak for itself. Good. Hey, Good. I am who I am. It is what it is. You either like me or you don't <laughs> at this point. There's not a lot of nuance to me. You're very popular in my, in my specific house, Tony. <laughs> Everyone in my house loves Tony Gill. My dad's a big Tony Gill fan. My dad, my dad loves every outlandish, horrible thing that Tony says on here. Um, my mom just the other day on on this topic, just out of nowhere, unprompted, asked me when we're gonna have Cam Ellis back on, and I'm like, why? And <laughs> like, mom, I host this show. Cam's yeah. name isn't on on the marquee here. I don't think Cam has a T-shirt, but go on. Uh, no, my mom is like, I love. Cam Ellis, like very dramatic. He's right, so he's so yeah. funny. He has the best. Deli- I'm like, chill out. You have a son. Like I, I, I do this too. Right. Like Cam's right. been on our show like two or three times. Like I do this every week. Oh Calm my down. Gosh, over at hating on moms. Cam is funny though. No, Cam's funny. Uh, but I, I think something I, I found out, people. When we started the podcast, because it's a free and open space where we talk openly and honestly about a lot of different things. Like yes. my family, you know, I didn't grow up in a house where like we swore, right? So mm-hmm. if I swear on the podcast, people are like shocked. Mm-hmm. Yes, Tony. That that oh my Fuck god. Pearls. Tony insert, is miming the sound being shocked people, right uh, now. It's yeah. shocked. Yes. Um people are shocked when they hear me swear on the podcast. Like, I I I, it was the first time I'd ever heard you use that kind of like, it's like, all right, bro, relax. It's, it's people out here wilding. It's not like I'm tirade of profanities. Like I, one might slip it here and there, but like here and there. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think people are like, somebody told me one of my aunts was just like, I can't even listen into it. Cause Russ is swearing. And I was like, man, what? It's not like I'm not Bill Burr or like Dave Chappelle on here. Just yeah. letting it go. Um, but it's cool. 
Uh, it is the reason I can't let my kids ever listen to anything on here because I don't want any questions about, you know, why does Mr. Russ talk like that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. See, Tony with one narrative, you with the other. Tony, I think Tony says the worst stuff on here. What? Uh, yes. Yeah. Oh, I completely agree. Um, See, that's what I'm saying. Like Tony says, yes. like the, no, the that's completely that Tony true. says on here he, are worse than anything you or I have ever said. Yes. I can he make never, like he the never uses profanity, the... but he he what he does is worse. It's worse. Profanity. What he does is worse than profanity. Yeah. Are you being serious right now? A hundred percent, Tony. I'm yeah. not kidding. The if wow. we could put together the real, if we put together the real of inappropriate rust jokes. Things we've mm-hmm. cut out because mm-hmm. they get us canceled, bro. Mm-hmm. You, the things you have said are worse than anything Jason or I have ever said on it. Hands mm-hmm. down, not even. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm think, I I, honestly, I'm thinking of like five of them right now that I'm resisting <laughs> spitting into the microphone. But like, you I know what to, they you are. Want to, you want me to put together the the cancel Tony tape? <laughs> <laughs> with all the bad things you said. It's not like it would what a silly name that would be to call it because like it would do nothing. Everybody knows what they're dealing with with Tony. <laughs> yeah. Well, Russ, you, Russ, you, Russ, Russ, dude, you would leak this tape and all his bosses would hear it and they'd be like, I, I don't get it. What do you mean? It's Tony. <laughs> like yeah, all right. yeah, this is a tape of Tony just saying all the stuff we always hear him say. Let's start the sports segment of the show. Cool. Uh, Let's start Uh, it with college football. We don't talk a lot of college football, do we? No, not usually. I don't watch that much college football. I'm not really that into it, to be honest. Um, But uh, all the coaches are jumping around, and you couldn't help but notice that. There's not a lot of times where something like that kind of knocks the NFL out of the uh, proverbial A block in the news. But it did with Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. I, I don't know if that was that shocking. Uh, it was definitely a surprise, but more shocking to me was Brian Kelly going from Notre Dame where he's been for 12 years and been very successful and probably could have stayed there virtually as long as he wanted to going to LSU. Um, and soon after this, you're going to hear probably by the time people hear this rust, there could be six other coaches that have jumped around Lane Kiffin, Mario Cristobal, who else is out there? Luke Fickle, Ryan Day, Ryan Day at Ohio State, rumored as a possibility for the Bears. Um, and you know that Pat Fitzgerald up at Northwestern is going to leak his name somewhere always. in connection always with some job. Yeah, it's always going to be something. There's always going to be uh, there's always a move there for him to get a little bit. And then, more money. but then Pat always he it's always the you know I I, I love Northwestern and Northwestern right. football and. I have the best job in sports. He always he always gets thrown in that USC job. So because I, I usually when that job gets open, it's always Pat Fitzgerald <laughs> could all, could make the jump to Pasadena to go coach at USC, and then he'll always be like, the only job I would even think about is the Bears job, and then it's usually not open. Go Cats! <laughs> he'll always end it with Go Cats. <laughs> go Cats, or what's that? Whatever one of their other slogans is. Um. Brian Kelly, what did you think of that? What did you what, what do you think of the move before you get into that? The move of going from Notre Dame to LSU, going in to play with the big boys down in the SEC. All right, so I'll I'll do Lincoln. I'll start with Lincoln because it's quick. People were okay. All right. I get I get a message from a friend on Twitter because I lived in 
Oklahoma for four years, going to school down there. And he told me that people were outraged that somebody would leave OU to go to USC. And as somebody who's lived in Oklahoma for four years and also been to LA, and then the, the I guess the athletic director was like, you know, we we were a little surprised that we didn't get more notice. Fam, you lucky I gave you any notice. Like Calabasas is out in LA. You think I'm living yeah. in Norman over Calabasas? You are out your mind. So well, that's yeah. something that happened with both of these guys, where there was no, there was no holding anybody holding anybody hostage for more money with either of these cases. Both these guys were like, "Hey, I'm gone. There's right. no counter offer. There's no nothing. I'm I'm out. I want I want the job. I don't care yeah. if you have more money. I want that job." So Lincoln Riley is just like, "Yo." Uh, and and I'm for me. You want a job? They're gonna pay you. Go get it. Like I don't. I'm one of like, hey, if somebody's gonna pay you a whole bunch of money to go do something, and you want to leave, and in sports you have the opportunity to leave. Yeah, hey, salute. Do, do what you um, want. I was yeah. cool with the Lincoln Riley one. The Brian Kelly one, to me, sucked for a couple reasons. His okay. team has an outside shot to be in the college football playoff, mm-hmm. right? It's not like they were some awful team and he probably wasn't coming back. Like Ed Orgeron at LSU, right? Everybody knew he wasn't going to be the coach next year. They weren't great. This They haven't – I think uh, Notre Dame's 11-1 at the time of us recording, and they haven't – out. I think they were ranked six in the – CFP rankings like they have a legitimate shot with a lot of teams with one loss of getting sneaking into the college football playoff, right. and it's just like ah, sorry y'all, I'm I'm going out here to Baton Rouge, so uh, I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Well, there's really because of recruiting, they have to make the move. They couldn't just they can't just wait like they with college. The way that that works is you have to when you're ready to make that move, you have to make that move. He can't keep. Recruiting for Notre Dame while secretly having this LSU job lined up. If you if you start with the premise of you understand and you're fine with him taking whatever job he wants to take, your objection is the timing. Yeah, I just I just think okay. it's the timing of the fortune because it's like I, you know how sometimes in uh in sports where it's like you get to coach until the end of the season. Like I've seen it in college football, where it's like, "Hey, I'm gonna coach in the bowl game, and then I'm I'm gonna leave because I'm gonna coach my guys." Like to me, yeah. perfect world is, "Hey, we've gotten this close to a national title. Um, let's. I want to finish this out with my guys, and then boom, yep. whenever we're out, I'm the head coach at LSU. You know, to me, I think that's the. Everybody knows where I'm gonna go. I'm not lying to my players. Like everybody knows, but it's like, yo. We got in this together. We're going to finish it together. And then everybody goes their separate ways. I think it's unfortunate that in the middle of you getting, like, who knows next time Notre Dame or any of these players are going to be this close to a national championship. Like, that kind of sucks. Right. Yeah. So, uh, and then there was there was the the group me message that comes in late uh, on the this, day. This is, this is more out. where I have an objection, yeah. Uh, this is probably the only part I really have a problem with. Basically apologizing to his team for them finding out in the media, on Twitter, yeah. on the news, ESPN, that he was leaving. Um, right. And he can never anybody, – Russ, Russ, can anybody really be that heartbroken about that anymore, though? 
Like that, that happens all the time. And especially in that sport, it ha- that happens all the time. I mean, I, I don't know how, I don't know if any of those players are really like crushed by that, to be honest. I, I would be surprised if they were. Yeah, and honestly, I don't know if they were crushed that he was leaving. I think they were more crushed that he, he making them come in at 7 a.m. the next day for, <laughs> for him a team to do meeting, his, yeah. his two-minute goodbye. Right, right. In which I need you at 7 a.m. because I got to be down at Baton Rouge by 8. Yeah. Right, uh, to do his little short goodbye in which he took no questions and left for Louisiana. In the text that he sent them, this is my favorite part of the story, Russ. In the text that he sent them, it apologized, like you said, but also part of it was, uh, you know, I'll talk to you in the morning, but, quote, for now, just know my love for you is limitless, which is nicer than anything I've ever said to my wife. Um, it's not limitless. I wouldn't it's not, our audience, but. It's not limitless. I mean, he signed a ten-year, ninety-five million dollar deal. So I think maybe there's a limit. I think ninety-four million dollars is the limit. I mean, it's yes. not it's not limitless. Let's let's chill with the the limitless here. When you know, for the right price, there is a limit. Um, that's the part I don't like. I, I don't really care about people changing jobs. And there was something that the Notre Dame athletic director said that I don't know how exactly he meant he intended this comment, but. Um, I didn't take it in a bad way about Brian Kelly that Brian Kelly had slipped. He'd let a couple things slip here and there in conversation that made it sound like he might be wanting to move on and try a new challenge. And when you've been in a place for 12 years, I understand that. I understand it kind of feeling monotonous and you want to try, you want to take on a new challenge regardless of the money, but then also the money pretty good. So I, I don't really fault Brian Kelly for any of that, but I don't like the hypocrisy of, we're all a family, but for no. the right price, I could go be part of a different family for sure. We're we're all mercenaries, and that goes for yeah. Just be straight on up the field, it. on the court, us off the field, in the media. Like we are all mercenaries. Yeah, and when that, that does- job comes and somebody offers you a, a position, a salary, whatever, that changes your life, changes your family's life. Like you don't owe, I don't owe Notre Dame nothing. Personally, like if I'm if I'm Lincoln Riley, I don't owe owe you anything. Hey, I appreciate right. the opportunity. We accomplished a lot of great things while I was here, and I'll never forget. And I'm forever grateful. But I gotta go. LA's caller, and so is that check. <laughs> like, bro, uh, somebody offers you a hundred million dollars. Come on, stop it. I love stop. that they put that in the press release. By the way, LSU coming out. Well, letting everybody know right off the bat, and no one has to file a Freedom of Information Act request to get that contract. They put it right there. Ten years, ninety-five. This is what we're paying to be good at football again. I love it. I think this just should open the eyes again to student athletes, uh, parents of student athletes, uh, and my my biggest thing was what Jason just mentioned is the selling of family. When it's like, you don't, I'm not related to you. You don't care about me in that way. You care about what I can do for you. Um, and from my perspective, if I was a, you know, a top tier recruit, I would be looking for those things. Any coach that's trying to sell me family, I don't want to go there because that's, it's, a, it's a lie to me. Yeah, don't give me that. Yeah, don't, don't, don't give me that crap. Tell me you're going to prepare me for the next level. 
if I choose to go that route or if I if I know that, you know, I'm not really a pro athlete, but I'm good enough to play at this level. Tell me that, you know, I'm a. You know, do what you can to help me be better. That may have a chance. I can get you. To or, being a pro, right? Overseas right, like, somewhere. Right. Tell me, tell me that straight up. What why do you want me to go to your school? Not this family stuff. Because I'm red Russ, you're right. You're all mercenaries with the transport mm-hmm. portal now. Everybody yeah. is a mercenary. And that's yes. okay. That's I bet okay. you that's how Calipari recruits. I bet Calipari doesn't go. Oh, yeah, 100%. Please give the John Calipari speech. He's ready. He's ready. He's not talking about brother. family. Yeah. One pick in the draft. That's you. Like, hey, I got another one coming in. You got to go. You, I, I yeah, you, you, you can't do this whole Tyler Hansborough, five-year senior shit. Get your ass out of here, bro. And I respect that. Don't, like, the way the previous generation has handled college and shamaturism um is weird to me it's like oh it's this beautiful thing of just heart and grit and you know these kids out here doing it for free like stop saying that like stop selling that whole college dumb stuff like just stop doing it it's so stupid and it gets it it gets to a point where it's it's you're gaslighting and it's really disgusting it's really disgusting um like Brian Kelly, like I'm always happy with him. I just don't like him just in general. It's whatever. Um, and if I'm if I'm honest, I'm an Alabama fan. So they got two national championships off, you know, off Ed Orgeron and Les Miles. Like he's gonna he's gonna win. Like I, I have no well, I doubt about that. Like, yeah. That he is going to win. Um the the Riley thing was a bit weird. Um, and it, of course, LA is more glamorous than Oklahoma, but if you're talking about program, I don't know if USC is a better program than Oklahoma. That, I think that was a move of, man, I don't want no smoke in the SEC. I'm gonna go hit this Pac-12 up for a lick. Oh, that probably, that probably helps. Yes, for sure. It's gonna be easy. Just, just living, dude, like living in Oklahoma. Come on, man. Like, you wake up, you're Lincoln Riley, you live down, Kanye, Kim them down the street. You know what I'm saying? I wake up in LA where it's sunny and never below 70 degrees. Very rarely it doesn't rain in Southern California. That was the song. Like, I, I just think there's lifestyle, a lot more reasons for Lincoln Riley to go to USC than maybe the, the program itself. But uh, yeah. yeah. Still, to me, like if you put those two things together, I'm taking the USC job. Ten times. Would you? Have, would you have known, Russ, that LSU that that job is a step up from a Notre Dame job? Would you have thought that? <sighs> a lot I of mean, people yes. want the Notre Dame job, man. I think Notre Dame is one of those jobs in in college football that always has prestige. But I yeah, I'm taking LSU no, <laughs> every day yes. of the week. Of course, it's not even close. Yeah. I, 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 under, I understand Notre Dame, it's more of the historic thing, like kind of what it is for USC. Like historically, this has been an elite university when it comes to athletics, yeah. specifically football. But uh, yeah, if, if, if you had to say, all right, what school gives me that extra push 
and I can yeah. get any recruit that I want. Yeah, much you easier can get, recruit. Yes. You can get decent recruits at Notre Dame and, you know, finagle with some of the uh, academic standards. The program recruits anybody itself. I want. LSU recruits itself. Correct. He barely needs to recruit there. Well, you can recruit within an hour radius of your school there. I mean, you can just swoop through and get all the best talent in Louisiana. If you're able to keep those guys from going to Alabama or Texas or wherever else, you can just get all the best guys in Louisiana and you're going to have a shot. So tell us about uh, tell us about your fandom of Alabama, you know, where it started. Obviously, you grew up in Alabama. Uh, all your family attended the school. You have deep loyalties there. You're not just you don't just you know, you're not a, a recent fan who just got on board because they're winning. Tell us about your deep love of Alabama. So it, it started with uh, just me just wanting to be a rebel with my father. My dad likes Auburn, uh, mm-hmm. Frank Thomas, Bo Jackson. Charles mm-hmm. Barkley. Okay. Um, and I was like, you know what? You're going to root for that team. I'm going to root for the other team. And then All I right. just kind of stuck with it. So that's, that's the origins of it. But then you start realizing that you're rooting for something special and something that is never going to happen again, ever in college sports, in college football. Um, and you start like have like a really, truly appreciating what you're watching, you know, because again, it's never going to happen again. So shout out to Nick Saban, shout out to the Nick Saban and them boys, like Stephen A. likes to say when he doesn't know all the specific names of, of people on the team. <laughs> uh, How do you not know the names? Alabama's on TV every week. How would you not know the names if you're watching them every week? Uh, I mean, I, I, I know names, but I mean, do okay. you want to go through the whole history of uh, elite Alabama How about I, I'll take your – well, I meant on this year's team, but I'll, uh, I'll take your word yeah. for it. Russ, why does this bother you so much? It's not that it bothers me. Why is this a red flag to you? This is clearly a concern of yours. Tony said in our group, our group chat the other day that he'd give Nick Saban, Nick Saban a kidney. Facts. And I find that unprompted, by the way, nobody was asking like nobody asked him. Nobody was like, hey, does anyone on our group chat have a spare kidney because Nick Saban needs it? No, nobody asked this question. You just volunteered this. I feel like you're being facetious, but at the same time, knowing you, you might give it away before you gave it to your mom. Oh, man. If Saban can promise me another four, it'd be a tough one. Another you four don't what? know him. Championships? Yeah. Yeah, I think Tony would do it for the money, though, Russ. I think he knows Nick Saban's rich. and uh, I That's not what he said, though. Tony for a couple mil. Like he would do it for free. here you go nick congrats oh tony passes away as long as it helps us get that next five-star recruit from (laughs) here's here's the other thing too it's like and you guys understand this um working in sports media your fandom tends to wane uh yes and the whole reason I got into sports media is because I love the teams that I rooted for. Uh, and I couldn't let go all the way. I needed something to connect me to being a fan and like having those feelings. Um, and Alabama football is the only thing that does that. And the only thing that comes close is probably like White Sox baseball. But out of watching Alabama football, 
and really like living and dying with the team, being hurt when they lose, being angry when they lose or how they lose, like being in those in those feelings feels good that I still have that space um, that I think personally, I think all journalists should have something like us. If, if it's out of the sport you cover, great. Um, like something that still connects you to being what a being a fan of a team is like that we should never forget as people covering, writing, whatever content that we're creating for sports. And the thing that I keep specifically is Alabama football. I agree with that point 100% that you made that like you should we should all as reporters and journalists should be a fan of like still have that childlike fandom for a team or an athlete like I I yes you know I think you but then I think you're right he, but then he picks the most evil team he could possibly correct pick. also true also true right but does it fit the personality though like you who just, else can I root for you just like five minutes Simeon. ago you Use the word shamateurism. <laughs> and then you hold up Nick Saban and his 11 million. Like, who's profited more off? Come on, man. Off the backs of children. Yes. <laughs> hey, Nick Saban. I feel like he doesn't lie, though. I feel like he doesn't lie to him. He's hey, you famous know for lying. What you are you talking about? You know what this is? I get he you to straight the up said, I will not be the Alabama coach. I was in the room when he said it. He's fa- he's a famous liar. What are you talking about? He doesn't lie. <laughs> he's one of the most famous liars. Are you kidding? I, it's like one of the great lies of recent <laughs> sports history. I will not be the. They, he he was kind of dancing around it, mm-hmm. and they said, "Why won't you just say it?" And he goes, "Fine, I will not be the. I won't be the Alabama coach." And then, like three weeks later, he's the Alabama coach. Go ahead, tell us more about Nick Saban's honesty. <laughs> Tony, hey, that is a righteous and upright man. What are you talking about? You what would you say about my boy, all right? At least he Roll tells time. the truth, Tony <laughs> says, of Tony, a famous Tony liar. A famous guy. liar. Tony would get into some beef over Nick Saban randomly. I will fight people in the street over Nick Saban. Football Roundup, uh, a segment we do every week to recap only the most important news in football. And as always, Football Roundup is brought to you by our partners over at BetUS. Go right now to betus.com.pa. You can bet on the NFL, college football, uh, the college football conference title games of this weekend. Tony, um, Georgia by six and a half. Six uh, and a half point favorite over Alabama. Yeah. So you think that's just because it's in Atlanta? or what? getting beat. Nah. Well, Russ I thinks mean, it's for a real reason. Yeah, I think it's real. Like that defense oh. is probably one of the best defenses we've wow. ever seen in college football. And uh, Bryce, he's still young. Like, this is a – it feels good to I say this is a down there. year for Alabama and they're still a top okay. 14. This is not an Alabama segment. Thank you. But I get uh, it. But you I can get also, You can also over at BetUS, you can bet on the NBA, <laughs> NHL. You can bet on World Series futures. It's still going to be a World Series, Russ? As, I, as far think? as I know, there will be. 2022. Not, okay. not, not for a while. But there will be one, so you can bet on futures for that. You have a uh, lot of time to bet. <laughs> Anyway, get on there on BetUS and use promo code SPORTSADJACENT, all one word. You get 125% sign-up bonus. That means you put in $100, they'll kick you an extra 25 before you make some bets. And here are a few NFL lines for this weekend. Uh, Cow- or a Thursday night, actually. So the day this comes out, you'll have Cowboys at Saints, a really good Thursday night game, I'd say. Um, Cowboys, there's, there's a lot of favored road teams on this list of games I have, Russ. Um, Cowboys by four and a half at the Saints. 
Vikings by seven at the Lions. Cardinals by nine at the Bears. Cardinals coming west to east, playing in Soldier Field in the cold time of year, favored by nine. And you're sitting there saying with no guarantee of Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins, and they're still favored by nine. Uh, Bucks favored by eleven over the at the Falcons. By the way, Uh, Eagles favored by six and a half at the Jets, and Forty Niners favored by three and a half at the Seahawks. One team I did not mention was the Steelers, Russ. And we lead off our football roundup with Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool and his suggestion that maybe one of the things that would help their season would be if they played music during practice, which I was surprised to learn that any team doesn't play music at practice. I thought they all do. The Bears have a DJ. But if any team was going to not play music at practice, you'd probably guess it's like Bears, Steelers, Giants. One of those teams would be the team that doesn't do it. And uh, DJ Illa. That's yeah, but they have it. He's at the games. I don't think he's the one that does it at practice, but they have a oh, DJ. Really? Every team I've seen has music at practice. The Bears have had, I don't know if they have it every day, but they have had a live DJ at practice multiple times that I've seen. And there's always music playing. Um, so uh, Mike Tomlin didn't take this suggestion very well. It doesn't seem, Russ. He, he says, did not. Claypool plays wide out. I'll let him do that. I'll formulate the practice approach. I think that division of labor is probably appropriate. I don't ever like the boss being a jerk, but Mike Tomlin has a right. Like whatever he says sounds cool kind of to me. (laughs) Over to the Carolina Panthers. I know everyone's been waiting for us to talk about the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Even people whose sons play on the Carolina Panthers don't really want to hear about the Carolina Panthers. But do you remember how excited I was about Cam Newton? Yes. Coming back. (laughs) I'm less. Yeah, I'm less so now. After uh, he goes five for 21 for 92 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Do you know what passer rating that gives you if you have that line? Something below 30. Oh, way below 30. 5.8. There you go. Quick question. Is there anyone, Russ, at the Chicago Bears, anyone who works there that you're happy with right now? Justin Fields. Are you sure? Because he went and got his ribs injured. I mean, it happens. It's football. As somebody who got uh, injured this week, I can't get mad at the guy getting yes. injured. Ravens. Also, can I point out one thing real yes, quick? Please. please. Um, the Bears, the Jets, the Giants, the Falcons, the Jaguars, the Steelers, mm-hmm. the Vikings, the mm-hmm. Lions, the Dolphins, and the Washington football team mm-hmm. are all the same team. Yes. They just happen Correct. to play in different places. Right. I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, when people ask how long I've been covering the Bears, my thought is um, my entire career. I just <laughs> used to cover them in Miami. You don't realize it when you live here because you're so you, you become myopic as a fan and as a reporter. You just only really think about the team that you cover, and so it seems more important than it really is nationally. And so you're sitting there and you're looking at the Dolph- at a Dolphins Falcons game, and what and you're like, who cares about this? And what you don't realize living in Chicago is that the entire rest of the country looks at your game against the Lions that way. Yes. Including Troy Aikman, who uh, we do film. One of the things we do at the Sun-Times is we do film. Me and Patrick Finley alternate doing film uh, after a game, the day after a game, like kind of a breakdown of something where it requires really looking at the film to try to really learn something from from a particular part of the game. And I always enjoy it being my week to do film when Troy Aikman has done the game because I love re-listening to how angry – and 
Treitman seems genuinely disrespected Disgusted. by the things the Bears yes. do. Like it personally offends him what Matt Nagy and Nick Foles and you know whatever else goes on with the Bears. Yeah, Troy. Troy is in pain watching those games, and you know we, we we're right with Troy. We're in agreement. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you only have to watch it like twice a season, Troy. Ravens sixteen, Browns ten. That sounds like a boring game, but I loved watching it. Did either of you guys watch that game Sunday night? Did I did not. not this week. Okay, I know that more- Lamar threw four interceptions. He did. He did. And weirdly, it was like really fun to watch still. He threw four interceptions. Uh, Baker Mayfield lost the fumble and got sacked and played a terrible game. Both these guys were running for their lives, like immediately just backpedaling every time they got the ball, just backpedaling 15 yards and then trying to figure out what to do. And it was a mad scramble on every play, especially when Baltimore had the ball. I loved watching uh, Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett basically two on one every play against Lamar Jackson and him still beating them. And that guy, Lamar Jackson, is the only quarterback I could think of that has the talent and the other ways to beat you and the excitement that you can watch a game where he throws four touchdowns and you're like, this is really good. This is still like really fun, really fun to watch, and he still gets the win. He still does enough of what he can do to get them the win. I liked watching that game. It was fun. Four interceptions. You said four touchdowns. Four interceptions we, is correct. We knew what you meant. Yes. It's it's going to be uh, interesting when uh, he loses just that one step. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what he's got. He's got one step. On, I mean, when you talk about Clowney and Garrett chasing him yeah. down, he's got uh, – Oh, yeah. He's the best step. athlete on the field. He's got he one – but he's got one yeah. step on them. And that's mm-hmm. enough in football to make mm-hmm. all the difference. But once that one step goes, then – Yep. Yep. That's yeah. crazy, but he has a really big arm. He does. Like he, he does. can flick a ball sixty yards, but it and his accuracy has gotten much better. Going. He's progressively improved. I mean, he yes. I, I give him, especially an athlete of that caliber. I feel like if he can learn to do one thing, he can learn to do other things. And for sure, he he might very well lose that step and still find another way to play. Much in the way that you see basketball players as they age, you see Dwayne Wade, for example, became a totally different player second half of his career, and he made it work. He was still a very valuable scorer. He was still. Uh, what you needed. Russ, I have two news items here. These are just straight news items. They're not jokes. Um, Aaron Rodgers is mad about misinformation. Okay. And the uh, whole report you saw about him having COVID toe, and then he called out the wrong reporter over the misinformation. And then a second one, uh, another very important news items. We were talking about all those college football jobs and all the movement and everything. And I just want to say, relax, Jaguars fans. It's okay. ESPN's Mike DiRocco, friend of mine. ESPN's Mike DiRocco reports that Urban Meyer is not, not leaving the Jaguars for any of the open college jobs. So everything's okay in Jacksonville. I know there's some people in Jacksonville like, damn it. <laughs> Uh, I, probably uh, some people that work there are kind of like, you know, you sure you don't want to coach Notre Dame? It's always been your dream, Urban. <laughs> uh, what did you make from afar, Russ? Let's have a journalism conversation uh, okay. that centers around what happened to the Chicago Bears. or happened. I shouldn't even say what happened to the Chicago Bears, but what happened around the Chicago Bears last week. And just to give the quickest possible recap, there was a report early in the week leading into their game against the Lions from Patch.com, which I'd, I had not heard of. And I had not heard of the reporter either, although I come to find out later he 
has a, a very solid resume in his past. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a report that the Bears have told Matt Nagy they're going to fire him after the Thanksgiving game. And then there is whatever is the opposite of damage control by the Bears in the wake of that. And the whole week just spirals and spirals, and there's more reports. There's a report about Matt Nagy having a meeting and then kind of abruptly canceling a practice that makes it look like it's a tantrum. Then there's this report that doesn't seem to have anything to do uh, with anything that's going on there except for the fact that it's inflammatory that uh, George McCaskey is the one back in September who made him start Justin Fields. Matt Nagy is the only one facing any questions about this, although actually not the only one because the Bears uh, sent out their special teams coordinator as the very first person Tuesday morning that was going to answer questions about this. But Matt Nagy is really left on his own throughout the week. Uh, Every day that he's talking to the media leading up to the game and then after the game, every question was about this. And then Friday morning, everything was about this. So uh, he's not fired as of right now today. He's going to coach them against the Cardinals on Sunday. That was a much longer recap than I intended to give. What did you make of all of this, Russ, watching from the outside and not being in the thick of it on the Bears beat? Uh, it was a lot. But, <laughs> Tony, I heard you were in there. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know, man. Like, one source reporting can get you into dangerous waters, right? Of course. Um, it's, it's help me out with the that – no, prohibited. It, and I think in, there are times where context, depending on the story and depending on the source, a one source story does check out journalistically. Correct. I, I think there are times where I have a group of. It's a short list of people where if they tell me something, I can go ahead and report it Yeah. off one source. That list is this long, right? Five. Yeah. Every everything else is two, three, or more, right? Um, I don't know, man. Like the, the way I think about it is, knowing what we know about the Bears and the kind of organization they are, maybe that report was true. And then after it came out, it's like, well, now the public knows. Like, we got to change it up. Don't fire him. Like, I wouldn't be shocked at at all if that's what happened. We don't yep. know that for a fact. It's it's kind of just. Um, Sounded just an idea at this point, but like I don't know, man. Like it's it's weird, but everything that's surrounded this team since the beginning has been weird. Um journalistically, you know. Well, let's put you in the shoes. It's, it's kind of hard. Put, let's put you let's put you back in um Tuesday morning when this report comes out. Yeah. Um and please speak freely. Do not worry about hurting my feelings. Uh, on this at all, if you disagree with how I or anyone else handled this. Mm-hmm. Um, this report comes out from somewhere very obscure, and here's how this would have gone 20 years ago, before, or even 15 years ago, before you were in this field. Uh, the Bears would have had every reason to say, we're not acknowledging this, we're not going to respond to this, and the media probably wouldn't have either. None of us would have said, this is what we never heard of this, like, we're not running with this. But we don't live in 20 years ago. We live in 2021, where you have Twitter, mainly. Right. And this spreads like wildfire on Twitter. And it spreads, I think, from there into sports radio. And by the time the first person is talking, the special teams coordinator, again, just like laughably bad handling of this situation by the Bears. Yeah. Uh, By the time he talks at 11 a.m. or whatever that day, 
this thing has mushroomed. The whole this has taken over the city as far as what's being talked about. Mm-hmm. Do you then, Russ? Is it is it what Tom? Hmm? Okay. I'm sorry. Well, if you have a contribution, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. Oh, no, no, no. I, no. Your mic was open, so it's like wow. <laughs> do you not know your mic's on? Russ, Russ, from there, when you go into Hallis Hall, or let's just, if this makes it easier for you to picture, let's put it on the Cubs beat. Uh, do, you, do you go in there and ask this question about this report? Do you go in there and say, let's get right to it. Is this true? Personally, that's somebody that doesn't cover the team. Mm-hmm. And Correct. so I think for all. me – it would be like I would ask around before I even got in that day. And baseball is different uh, where I can ask people who would know. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can tell you that happened. I can tell you that happened. Right. You ask people who, who would know um, and have an, a, a definitive answer one way or another. And then I can report myself. I don't have to mm-hmm. rely on somebody else's report. I know it doesn't mm-hmm. always work that way. Um, right. So like. I don't I would I have asked had it come from a reliable person in the media to me, I would have. Right. Yeah. Had Jeff Passon said that David Ross's job is on the line. Right. That's one thing. If Tony tweeted that <laughs> and I'm using Tony an example of a person who doesn't cover the team. Right, it's not a shot at you, Tony. Um, he, he, the way he made it looks like once. he took it as a shot. I made a report I, once. I had a. We slip. know, we know. Thank, we know. Thank you, Tony. There's, I got it. But like, if it was somebody who didn't cover the team, um, who could have a source somewhere, it happens. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. it would be a lot harder for me to believe that. Uh, and it's a situation where you kind of have to trust your own reporting before you go about whatever. I think the yeah. difficult part about that is, like you said, the day and age we live in where I think a lot of us all know, like, hey, I have to write about this. Yes. Regardless of if this person is making this up or not, which right. is unfortunate, and that's not the way this business should go. No, it but isn't. we all have employers, and sometimes you have to do what you have to do, uh, which is nasty. But at the same time, I'm, I'm just... I. I, you have to report that you, you have to do the reporting yourself is how I would go about it. Right. You have to make every possible phone call you can make. Sure. Yeah. And, and then you go from there. I think, I mean, the guy has an award, a prestigious award that. Well, we can't let that. We can't let that be the reason we believe somebody. No, no. I agree. I'm, to, I'm, I'm speaking from his point of view. Mm hmm. I'm assuming he knows how this goes Mm -hmm. since he is an award-winning journalist. He knows how this goes. And I'm like, why would he randomly say this about this thing that he doesn't cover and he firmly believes in his where he got his information from? And on top of that, the way the Bears reacted to it in their unpreparedness, if this was flat out if this was flat out not true, how would a normal organization would react to this? Like, what? No, this is stupid. No, move on. Well, there's there's three ways but you can hand, there's three ways that you can handle that. The way I see it, one 
you can just put out a statement that says this isn't true. Mm-hmm. Two, somebody that's in charge can come down and tell the media this isn't true. Mm-hmm. And but then you're going to get asked questions about it. Mm-hmm. Three, and this is not my preferred way of anyone handling anything, but you can very easily go to anyone who is credible mm-hmm. off the record and make very clear to them mm-hmm. this is concretely false. Mm-hmm. And so I think once someone credible was to report this is not true at all, then it probably goes away. The problem is they did none of those. The problem is if you if it's true. Any one of those three things is going to be very problematic for you. Mm-hmm. And so when something is so easy, it could be snuffed out so easily and so quickly and so obviously, mm-hmm. and they don't, then reasonable people start to think that then it might be true or a version of it, a partial truth could be in there somewhere. That's, and, that, and that's, my, that's my thing. Like I handle this like prophecy, right? If it comes true, like I played a result on this, right? Mm-hmm. Their reaction to it was my result. Was if this was absolutely untrue, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. It wouldn't have lasted the day if this was not true. Right. But the way they handled it, it was like, oh, okay. So it is true. Maybe the specific details of it of is not true, but the overall report of Matt Nagy is going to be fired. That's true. So I don't, I mean, again, I'm not a journalist. I'm, I, I'm speaking from the outside point of view. Um, You're most, if people, he had it, most, if, most people are not journalists. It seems like he had it correct. And it all comes down to how do you explain your correct thing? Right? Like you have this thing. How do you go about it? Because I think, could he have just wanted the clout too? Possibly. We, we're in that current generation. We are. Of yeah. people wanting clout on social media. Even um, old school people. It doesn't, but, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Know, it's not just young right. people doing it. But if, if he's a smart journalist, you can still get your name on the report. Just pass it off to one of your people that is closer to the situation to do their vetting. And once they vet it out, now your report becomes more credible. But that's that was just my suggestion on it. But the results was their reaction, and their reaction told me that his report was true for the majority. Now I don't know if they were gonna they plan to fire him. We would never know because he's still here. Maybe we will learn that in years down the road. Uh, but I mean, I think Matt Nagy's getting fired. So, well, everyone thinks he is. That's part of yeah. that's another reason why this was why this caught why this had the legs that it did, Russ, is because it seemed kind of plausible. It seemed like everybody knows he's gone. You're coming off uh, or assumes he's gone, I should say. Uh he's coming off a humil uh, just a bumbling loss to the Ravens. And then you throw in like that the Bears are weird. And of course, if any team was gonna be weird enough to pre fire a coach, you know, this is where it would happen probably. Um, when you talk about sources, Russ, that's a great conversation to have. And there are plenty of one source stories. If mm-hmm. the bears are signing a, a player, any player, honestly, it doesn't matter if they're important, uh, if they're like a, a starter or a practice squad guy, if the agent tells you they're signing, that's pretty, I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's a, yeah. that's a case. That's pretty, that's a case where one source is going to be solid enough. When you're talking about them firing a coach or a GM, 
it can be one source, but your one source better be in the Bears case, it better be the, the owner, the president, or the GM, yeah. or the coach himself telling you this. Yeah, and I would say with and I would say yes. with those four, you have one who it's absolutely humiliating to, and that's Nagy. Then you have the other three where if this is their clandestine plan, why would they then go and leak it within the first 24 hours? Correct. Um, which means it leaked from somewhere within football ops or somebody told somebody who told somebody. Um, yeah. Now you, then, and then you could end up playing a game of telephone where it's like mm, what right. originally was being. Now, is this, and a, then it is this really a source? Yeah. yeah. Um, the thing with the, the agent side of it, that could be slippery slope because now I think 85, 90% of the time it's correct, right? Off one source. However, there's contract language, details, different things like that, that you might need to yeah. vet on the team side before you want to go about reporting that. But I would agree. Like if Andy Dalton's mm, agent tells you Andy Dalton's signing with the bears, it's happening. Correct. Right you, right. you don't even necessarily, I mean, you can check and you should, but you, you know, it's solid at that point. You're or about firing, if, that's quite different. Right. Or if Arturis Karnaschovas texts Tony that, Hey, uh, Zach signing a max deal to yeah. stay right. That's something you can one source, but like, I think there is a lot of nuance to that. And you, I think that's something that you really have to be in the world to understand sometimes like somebody gets a tip and he's like well i this is gospel when sometimes yeah that might not be a hundred percent accurate not saying that happened here but that's something that should always be uh considered you know every time we do football roundup the first thing i think of is woody's roundup off toy stories I didn't know that. Woody's Roundup. Come on, time to play. There's Jesse the Odling Cowgirl. Bullseye, he's Woody's horse. You have to find out. Toy Story 2 was very good. Fire. Which one was Toy Story 2? Was that the one uh, where they're in the nursery? Like they're in the. um, No, that's Toy Story 3. Daycare? Yeah, that's that's Toy Story 3. Toy Story 2 was good when they added like Jesse and like Woody gets like this makeover and they like mm-hmm. stitch him up and he he gets sold to a collector and then he they're in the, yeah it's it's good you should yeah. all uh, the Toy Stories were fire well I've seen uh, after two I don't give a I don't really three care. was good man Toy three Story had me three here. was the one where they uh, end up in the daycare yeah and I remember watching this with my kids. And there, in the end, there is. I'm pretty sure I, I want to make sure I have my Toy Stories right. Um, there, at the end, they're like about to be incinerated in some kind of trash compactor. Oh, is that right? Oh man. Okay, so oh. that, you're confirming then. Yes. Okay. Oh, I remember watching right now. We'll see. But oh, I, same. Like I wasn't about to cry, but I started to feel like kind of worked up and like stressed because I'm watching a kids movie, and the way it ends, Russ is like. They're all holding hands, just bracing for death. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of kids' uh, movies that end like that. Dude. Like, okay, They're everyone hold hands. Boys. We're about They're to die. singing boys to men. It's so hard to say goodbye. See, <laughs> <laughs> so the kids' movies. I was listening to uh, Revisionist History. That's my favorite podcast. Yes, of all Malcolm time. Gladwell, right? Yeah. Uh, and he did a three no, episode. Don't lie. Flagrant 2 was your favorite podcast. No, it's Revisionist History, then Flagrant 2. Yeah. 
Um, and he did a three <laughs> in season. He did a three episode take on why Disney is ruining our children and the oh. Disney princess specifically okay. is ruining our little our young girls. Mm-hmm. And he took the example of the Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. I would you should check that out. Very interesting stuff. Also, we should be washing our clothes in cold water, not warm water. That seems unrelated. Are those uh, connected you, points? You just it's the very next clothes? episode. Did you just start washing clothes, Tony? No, no. But Malcolm Gladwell says we should start washing our clothes in cold water. Saves us Malcolm money. Malcolm Gladwell says jump off a bridge. Would you do it? Yes, I will give a kidney to Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's, really, that's giving out. You understand? Like you only have two, and you need at least one. Right. So you're giving both yours away. Yeah. yeah. You're both you're, them you're like Oprah now. with the kidneys. Yeah. You're just like, all right, I'll go on dialysis so these guys can live. <laughs> yeah. And like, furthermore, like, don't you want to save one of those in case it's like a family member or a friend that needs one? He, the world needs Malcolm Gladwell and Nick Saban. Nick Saban and Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> Well, I feel like at some point, you know, and God willing, this won't happen. But like at some point, Russ, I'm going to need a kidney mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to Tony and Tony will be like, I love you. But uh, fresh out. He's like, hey, I'll, I'll drive you to dialysis. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's what I'm telling you guys now. Just don't even bother. They already they already dedicated to two people already. OK, thanks, Tony. Russ, would you like to hear the news that we didn't get to today? Does it include the fact that uh, I didn't invite you over for Thanksgiving? No, that's well covered. <laughs> yes, it was. Thank you. I can't believe that that turned out to be so. I I had a suspicion that some that something like this had happened, and then unbelievably, it turned out to be so much worse. Yeah, you know, it was all right. That your your mother. Cheryl, I remember. I remember we were in the living room, and she was like, <laughs> "She was trying like, hey. to get you to invite me." <laughs> Is Jason eating food tonight? <laughs> yes, mom. Right, <laughs> Turned out no. Uh, we Turned we start no. our we start our rundown of all the news we didn't get to with uh, hockey news, of course, and I'm sure that you guys watched Kings Senators on Saturday, right? Oh yeah, man. <laughs> Let's do that hockey. Yeah, it was Kings four to two, Russ. Uh, okay. Anyway, there was a, there was an interesting moment in that game where the Kings Brendan uh, Lemieux uh, bit another player, allegedly okay. repeatedly. He he got suspended okay. five games for biting Brady Kachuk, and Kachuk says he bit, he bit him multiple times during their scuffle. Uh, Kachuk said that it was the most gutless thing somebody could ever do, and then he uh, he punctuated this with the kind of insult I would expect an old person to say. Uh, he says of Brendan Lemieux, he's just a complete brickhead. Yeah, I don't in a fight, anything goes. Like, there's no, hey, this is what we're doing here. Like, anything goes. Man, I wish you would start biting me in the oh my god. <laughs> Jason, get to the next thing before I get mad. Tony would watch more <laughs> hockey if they had more fights that involved biting each other, probably. I would watch any sport if there was more fighting. I don't know why uh, the black sports aren't allowed to fight, but you know. Okay. That's a whole different conversation. Keep going. Keep going, Jason. (laughs) Uh, Let's go over to basketball news. Uh, There's been a couple of ejections in the NBA recently. Uh And uh, yet, yes, yes, they were white people. Uh, (laughs) Regrettably. Uh, This is apparently a white hobby that I was not introduced to as a kid. 
<laughs> we didn't grow up booing or uh, throwing things at people, charging the field. I, I was uh, – this wasn't you part of my me. experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so the one that everybody, I think, saw was LeBron getting those – having those two fans ejected in Indiana. And he, he never really said, unless I missed it, if you guys heard, uh, please the report, tell me. The report he never, came I, out. I didn't see him say – I didn't see him clarify what was said. I I'd certainly take his word for it that it was over the line. I don't think yeah. that he uses that influence lightly in that case. Uh, do you know the, what? Do you know what happened? The report from the people who were sitting around apparently was that those two were saying and were like they hope Bronny gets killed in a car accident, right? Oh, okay. And if you see the girl's face as they're getting escorted out, she did that shit. Because like she made she made she definitely made the uh she made like That's the, the Dodgers baby right she made the Dodgers yeah the Joe face. Kelly face Joe Kelly. yes mm-hmm. yeah there you go like uh crybaby like at LeBron and I'm just like fam doing that you know exactly what you were doing get your ass out of here yeah uh LeBron said it was something that he would never say to somebody else which would be so, in line with that, that yes correct yeah going after somebody's family or something like that um the nba yeah. all the all the nba saw said about it that i saw was that it was comments and gestures they said so gesture i don't know maybe um there was more to it than even just what they were saying i'm not sure no. um the other one was tristan thompson and by the way i learned that he's with the kings did you guys know that yes this was my he, first he basically he said he was saying something about the coaching of the Kings, and then like two days later, Luke, Luke Walton was no longer the coach of the Kings. I, you could grant me, um, you could understand why I would miss pretty much any Sacramento Kings news, though. I mean, there's some yes. things I should keep a better eye on. That's probably not one of them. Uh, Tristan Thompson is on the Kings, for those of you who, like me, were not aware. Um, yeah, how about that? Uh, no one ever goes. That's not the only news, but uh, yeah, that was it. Tristan Thompson is a king. Demarcus Cousins is a buck. He is Uh, now. Well, I mean, things have clearly slipped here for Tristan Thompson because nobody goes to the Kings when things are going well. But anyway, in this particular game, I believe it was in Memphis. Uh, he asked to have a fan thrown out because the fan, and this is along the lines of. What happened with LeBron? A fan was making a lot of uh, comments to him about the Kardashians. Did you see this story, Russ? Um, did you see it? I did not see this one. Okay. Tristan Thompson, uh, as you probably you probably know this part, has a relationship with Khloe Kardashian, and they have a child together. And the report was that they were making a lot of comments about the Kardashians, and uh, I'm sure it was pretty vulgar. Um there is an element to this, and I think LeBron was saying something to this effect. I don't have the quote in front of me. There is an element of the fan player mm, – what would be the right word for this? Uh, tension that the players do sign up for. They sign up for going somewhere and being booed. They sign up – like yeah. they're, they're cool with that. I think they view that as part of the gamesmanship. Like this, this, is, this is what happens in the arena. When you start going after guys' family – or you start saying things that are racist. Like there, there's no place for that anywhere. That that doesn't make any sense that you would say, uh, well, I paid for these seats. And these are all like courtside fans, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't make any you, – you, you can't justify that with, uh, well, I paid to be here. I can say whatever I want. 
You can say whatever yeah. you want within the parameters of like what's you can reasonable. say boo, you stink, go bulls. Like you can say that. But like you can boo a guy like every talk- time he touches the ball, whatever. Yeah. Like we talked about, I think a couple months ago, it was like, yo, your hundred dollars does not pay like you don't get the right to be that person. Like that's not what you get to do. You don't have that right. So yeah. That just shows me uh, a lot of people, um, these people haven't been punched in the face before. No. You're right. Social media, man. People think that you can say anything you want with no repercussions. Like, that's a a bad byproduct of our social media society. Because there you can. And we've thought all along it's like Twitter tough guy. It's like these people that when they're unchecked, when they don't have to say it to your face, they'll say whatever they want. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the truth is, like, it's almost become – practice for what you're going to say in real life. It's become this thing of like, you get used to just saying whatever without any consideration for other people. And so you're going to continue to do that when you're offline too. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Russ, are you familiar with a woman named Rihanna? I am. You've heard of her. Okay. I have. Well, uh, for anyone out there still looking for the perfect Christmas gift for their wife. Oh, Rihanna. Tony, you listening? If you need a Christmas gift, mm-hmm. uh, she has just the thing, and it is her. assless pajamas. Nope, not her. Pajamas no, with no butt. Bring bring Rihanna into the house, Tony. <laughs> that's, what, that's the gift. I don't think that's going to work, but these pajamas without a butt are for sale. Um, they okay. look just like normal flannel pajamas, but uh, the twist, of course, is there's no butt. Okay. Uh, just kind of a. So just pajamas with pajamas with the ass out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Yes, that's correct. Um, <laughs> I, I get the feel. Did she, was she debuting them somewhere? She, uh, well, like she was wearing them. I, I think she was in the pictures I saw. Yeah, I think. Um, All right. They, yeah. I mean, sounds very functional. Well, that's the part I'm not sure about because I, I certainly get the appeal of these, but I'm not sure that um, someone's going to be comfortable in these. Like if you like normal pants. The part that's missing is going to leave you feeling kind of exposed. And if you don't like wearing pants at all, then all of the rest of the pants are going to be kind of, you know, the parts of it that are there are going to be kind of cumbersome to you. I mean, you see, I, you I, see I, what I'm saying here, right? I get it. But it's like, who are these for? Think, you're kind of like, you're either a pants person or a no pants person, I feel like. I think they maybe she should promote it differently, where, look, everybody's got stomach aches. Look, this is the best way. If you're trying to get some sleep, you don't want to be hassling with your pants or whatever you got on. Just go sit. Just go <laughs> sit. And it's easy to poop. You just wipe. So simple. Like maybe uh, she should lean towards that. And I think that will draw a more wider crowd. I have is, uh, uh, checked out while he's looked for these photos. I'm, I'm on the Savage Fenty website. Uh, I think the ones I saw were on uh, page six or something like that. So they were, they, there was a, this a is, lot of parts that were our, blurred out. This is Rihanna's official website for her line. Yeah, I'm guessing the pictures aren't blurred out on there. What what have you found, Russ? What can you report to us? Um, I can kind of see what they were going for here mm-hmm. as the fashion statement. Like if you had, I don't know if I want to talk about this on my podcast, but. Well, we we'll are. Do it off so. mic. We'll do it off mic. No, it's cool. Okay. Oh, oh. you already already bought about four of those? Yes, Tony. I have four pairs of the assless pajamas. 
Hey, gotta send customer. them out. Yeah. Gotta, gotta send them out. <laughs> oh my God. With the note, and you know what it is. Jason, get us out of here, please. And finally, Russ. With all the holiday travel lately, uh, you know, the last couple months, travel picking back up, air travel picking back up, uh, there was a minor snag on a recent flight that I want to let you know about. On a Delta flight from Syracuse, New York to Atlanta, the crew had to contact authorities on the ground because you're never going to guess. I could give you a thousand guesses and you wouldn't guess that the situation that happened on the plane was a woman was causing a disturbance by trying to breastfeed a cat. I was with you and halfway a, on that. Yeah, you were surprised when it ended with a cat. <laughs> yeah, um, the cat, the cat guy. As was I and as was everyone else, as was all of the other passengers and the authorities that met her on the ground for causing this disruption because she wouldn't stop. And uh, you are allowed to you are allowed to breastfeed on flights. You are. Um, I don't know that you're allowed to breastfeed a cat on a flight. Uh, a flight attendant on her TikTok described it like this. And now Tony Gill reads. What's up, guys? Tony Gill with glasses here. Glad to be back. Guys, you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Yes, Tony, thank you. All right. Just driving around, not getting invited to Russ's family gathering. Mm, I wasn't invited either. If Peering in through windows, seeing if anyone had Tony, get with glasses. Food, just sure. read. All right. This is uh, from the flight attendant, uh, Ainsley Elizabeth. Like, okay, on her TikTok. This woman had one of those, like, hairless cats swaddled up in a blanket so it looked like a baby her shirt was up and she was trying to get the cat to latch uh and she wouldn't put the cat in the carrier and the cat was screaming for its life what does she do at home if she's doing that in public and then security (laughs) met the flight just to tell her that she couldn't do that again because it's weird and gross Thoughts, Russ? No, none. I'm good. This is like perfect in the Venn diagram of some of the things that we like of uh, weird flight stories and weird animal news, right? In the middle there. That's 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 a that's a bit much even even for me. And my flight. Do you see a lot of Do you see a lot of animals on the planes that you're on? Do you see people with comfort animals? If I get my opinion on comfort animals, I might get in well, trouble. So I'm gonna. Uh, well, you wouldn't be alone because the airlines have cracked down on that. You, like Delta, for example, you can't bring something on that's a comfort animal. It has to be a legitimate service animal because they had uh, possums, ducks, and turkeys among some of the things that have been brought on a comfort turkey. Russ, um, I've seen a like a full blown like cockatoo, like what you would see at the zoo on a flight, and I just have a hard time believing that somebody's comfort animal but maybe maybe it's just a relationship i don't understand much like the relationship where you would try to breastfeed a cat i have a i'm i'm a very patient person by nature Mm -hmm. airplanes are like the only place where i have 
I had very little time for foolishness. <laughs> like, yo, yes. trying to get somewhere right now, and I don't want any games. Yeah, you don't want to miss a connection or um, not get to work on time. And then the explanation you have to give was that we were delayed because a woman wouldn't stop trying to breastfeed a cat on our flight. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Sports Jason. As always, this our episodes are brought to you by BetUS. Log on to BetUS.com, place your bets, and use promo code SPORTSADJASON to get a 125% sign-up bonus after your first $50 deposit. Uh, make sure you're listening to the podcast. Subscribe. You guys have done great. You've shared it. You've listened. You've told your friends about it. Our listenership has gone way up, and we very much appreciate yeah. that. Continue to do that. Continue to share the clips. We know you guys like the clips that we put out on social media. Share those with all your friends. That helps drive traffic to the, the pod. Give it five stars. Listen on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your audio content. Uh, make sure you follow the guys at the Tony Gill, at Jason Leisure, at Russ underscore Dorsey one on Twitter, at Russ Dorsey underscore Dorsey on IG. Uh, anything else, gentlemen, before we let the fine folks go? Go back and check out the Thanksgiving episode if you haven't already because it, it was – Probably the funniest episode we've had. It's very funny. The guys did a great job. Although, as I mentioned in the, the beginning, you know, there's something they could have cleaned up. But for the most part, they did a, a fine job. Also, go back and listen to other episodes. We have a we actually have a decent amount of back catalog now going into yeah. month number 10 of doing the podcast. Uh, we're going to be appro- we're going to be approaching the, uh, the full year mark in a couple months here. So start thinking about that, gentlemen. For episode Russ forty is next week, Russ. That's a lot of episodes, and I'm shocked that we got here and did not fire Tony. <laughs> for, for Russ Dorsey, that's my co-host Jason Leisure. True. For the aforementioned Tony Gill, we will catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening to Sports with Jason with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.